1: recording live from jake's sports and spirits in the historic rhino district of denver colorado it's the pickaxe podcast presented by denver stiffs Here is your host, Adam Moniz. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Pickaxe Podcast, presented by Denver Stiffs, a roundtable edition. I'm joined today by two bright young minds. To my right, the great Anilo Piro of Mile High Sports and the brand new Writer's
0: Blog Podcast. Anilo, welcome. Thank you for having me on. going to have a good time talk some nuggets. Is
1: this your first time on the show? Yes. Ah, I didn't yeah. realize. For
0: some reason, it feels like you've been on the show five, six times. No, yeah. I mean, I'll tweet it like whenever I see it on Twitter, but <laughs> this is the first time. Well, welcome. And
1: seated across from me, one of the coolest um guys on Twitter, it's Mark Coulomb. Hi, I'm neither young nor smart, so <laughs> I need to be on your intro. <laughs> He's definitely smart and very funny, and he also hosts an Hour With Your Ex podcast and is formerly of ca- Cronky Sports and Entertainment. I so, spent a
2: year working around the Nuggets, yes.
1: So, so he is here for his insight and expert Behind the scenes analysis. Axe
2: grinding. Now, no. <laughs> I mean, why don't? Oh, let's go. Let's start that podcast.
1: Which one? The axe grinder. The axe grinder. How huh? are we just? We just, just piss saying, and moan. No. no, no, no. This will be bad. No, actually, we have fun stuff to talk yeah, about great today. Stuff. Yeah, on, great stuff. The Nuggets. It is funny how much easier it is to write and talk about the Nuggets after a win. Because oh, like awesome. after a
0: loss, you just feel so negative, and everything is like, well, why did we lose? When you win, it's just like. You know, the sun opens up. It's like you can write for hours and hours and hours what you like, what you know, what went well. It's just it's a lot easier on us writers, as podcasters and everything, so
1: and we were one B three away from having a downer podcast yeah. <laughs> because he almost
2: won it for him. Yeah. Uh
1: I saw uh, one of my favorite
2: Nuggets follows is uh, the Dr. Travis Heath. uh, Yeah. Health Heath. Uh, And he was just making the observation that, you know, uh, good teams don't lose close games. (laughs) Right. Uh, So it was nice to see that the Nuggets get up, especially over uh, the Wolves, right? Like, that's that's who we think this this is the rivalry is going to be.
1: Right. And it might have been that the Wolves are also bad. So when you have two bad teams, you know, a bad team has to inevitably win. And fortunately, that was the bad Nuggets rather than the bad Wolves. But I actually don't think this Nuggets team is bad, and I guess we'll kind of get into that. And I want to start here, uh, similar to last week's podcast, just some some programming notes. I'm going to try to do these. Obviously, I'm doing the uh, Locked On Nuggets podcast now, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every week. Those are solo monologues. If you haven't checked them out, be sure to check those out and subscribe on iTunes. The great Christopher Dempsey is the uh, host, and I'm just filling in for him for a little bit. But you're going to want to follow those. These Friday pickaxe podcast ones, or as Jeff Morton says, Pick-Ass podcasts, is uh, these episodes are going to be more roundtable fun discussions with a, a bunch of topics. So the first topic, and I'll throw it over to you, Mark. What is the biggest story nugget storyline of the first four games of the season? Katie versus Russ. Uh,
2: no, <laughs> right, sorry. Uh, no, I think the biggest storyline is, uh, at least for me, is like what is this team good at? Like, mm. What what. What is their identity? Who, who are these people, and how are they going to all play together?
1: Definitely an identity crisis with this team, right? And that's why some of the lineup things are, are kind of thrown to the wall and see what sticks. What do you think
0: of Elm? I think the biggest, you know, storyline that's kind of come out of this is just the revival of Yusuf Nurkic's career. In a way, I think this guy—we saw him all off-season long on social media, you know, riding his bike around the city, hitting the gym, you know, early morning, going hiking at Red Rocks stuff like that. You know, he really did put in the work and you know, he's been a wrecking ball down low for the Nuggets so far. So, I think that's definitely the storyline, but you know, to kind of build off that is how is the organization going to make it work with him and Jokic? And I know that's something that's been hammered on a lot, but I mean, this is a really good problem to have.
1: For sure. They both look really great and I think I think both of those are good answers. I think Nurkic is probably probably for me the big story, but there's a couple spiraling stories off of that and one of them is the lineup. Obviously, Nurkic being so good means that Jokic is either playing power forward or not playing, and so that's been a, a big issue. And then the other thing is, I think injuries have kind of been a, a sneaky storyline yeah. for the Nuggets because Barton is out, uh, Gary Harris has been out, Darrell Arthur has been out, and I think some, at least I'm hopeful, this is the optimist in me, I hope that some of these lineup issues are the result of just not having enough guys to to really unlock some combinations.
2: But, uh, you know, historically, the... the- I released the last two years, I Nuggets seem to be, uh, have some real injury problems. And, and mm. like, who, who on these guys, like, you know, Gallo's not going to play a full season. I say this as a fantasy <laughs> owner of Gallo. Uh, like, I've already factored in that I'm going to lose about 20 games this season. Right. Gallo,
0: um, actually, I saw on Twitter, is uh, averaging the most minutes per game in the NBA. He is Really? 30, I think it's 30 and a half minutes he's averaging the most out of any player in the national basketball. Wow, that's surprising. Yeah. That's really surprising. The guy who's arguably the most injury-prone player on the team <laughs> that gets hurt. You could ba- basically bank on him and miss, you know, 10, 15 games a year. Yes. So, I don't know why that is, but...
1: And Mark brings up a good point about injuries. I always go back to Kenneth... Uh, I'm sorry, to uh, Kenyon Martin, who went on a podcast with Woj earlier this summer and talked about the Nuggets training staff being terrible. And outside of Steve Hess, he thought that the training staff kind of ruined his recovery from injuries. So, so oh. when I hear things like this, I think... Man, I really hope that's not the case. It might just be coincidence. Players get hurt, but I don't know. I, looked,
2: uh, I was having uh, up in my DMs with somebody about uh, this specific thing, and uh, mm. gosh, I can't remember what website I pulled the graph from. But 2014, 2015, I think the Nuggets were the second most injured team that mm. year. Or I think top five losing in Gallo guys.
1: for the entire season probably added to that a lot right and, and
2: Wilson Chandler you know yeah. I and mean, that's you know a super positive thing is especially last night was seeing Wilson Chandler back and running the floor I mean that's like I, he's one of the coolest guys on the planet I think and it's so nice to see him play basketball again no doubt um, but yeah like you know and i I I think it's really dangerous to kind of pin injuries on a person or a staff for sure because that's one hundred percent. That's like so speculative because uh, it's a chance thing in a lot of ways. But if the trend continues, at some point, it's either these guys or that staff, and, and somebody has to be accountable because this is the real world. right?
1: I want to move on to this one and, and ask. I'll start with you, Manilo. Has your how has your opinion of the
0: team changed in the first week of the season? You know. <laughs> Coming into the offseason, when when we hit the offseason, going to, like, the preseason workouts, you know, even when they were just bringing prospects in, you know, through training camp, I was up at Omaha, you know, I got, like, a really, really good sense, a really good vibe from Coach Malone that, you know, he was going to figure this thing out this year. Like, he knew what he had. And then I was sitting there in the Portland game at home, and I watched the road game uh, here at Jake's, and I was like, why isn't Nurkic or Nurkic playing in the fourth quarter down the stretch? Like, what are these rotations? Like, asking myself these questions, like, what is Malone, you know, doing you know, because he, right. he opts to bench a guy like free yet he's closing out games, which doesn't really make sense to me. So my opinion has swayed a bit because I'm not saying that I've lost confidence. It's just I kind of find myself scratching my head over these decision-making, you know, skills in terms of how they're trying to close out games or ways that they're trying to win. Because personally speaking, I think they should, you know, explore different avenues that I think are more realistic in terms of, you know, solidifying wins down the stretch.
1: Yeah, I think – so you would say, like, the questions are now popping into your head for yeah. the first time. It's not that you've, like, come no. to the conclusion. Yeah, but no.
0: Well, it's, it's questions that I thought would be that wouldn't even arise during the season because yeah. I s- felt so confident in Malone's ability to you know really connect with his players and understand what he's got, and that just hasn't been the case in my opinion so far. What about you, Mark? How has your opinion changed about this team?
2: Uh, they are who I thought they were. Oh, ah, uh, he
0: nailed it. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, it's just you know you, you look at the trends of basketball. It seems like uh, you need shooters to win games, right. I and mean, that's always been true, but more so now. And I just all right, we need we need three points. Who's going to get that? Right. Nobody. Uh, Alright, so they're going to go inside. Well, then they've got this kind of logjam inside, and, you, and Nurk's playing great. Again, I recuse myself, also on my fantasy team. Uh, <laughs> Me as well. I can yeah. take in that. Him and Gallo had almost exactly the same stat line last night, which Ooh, I thought was kind of weird, because nice. uh, Gala's now kind of... I, that's the thing, it's just everybody seems to be not in a specific position. They don't seem to have a specific role, and I think that creates log jams not only just in the rotations, but on the court. Uh, This is a team that needs to drive inside to get points, but now you have these big bodies packing the paint, and so those guys can't drive inside. The can't shoot from the outside. They don't have a lot of other shooters. Gallus seemed to be most effective over the summer, sorry, in the preseason, when he was playing that kind of hardened game of driving in, getting the foul, and getting his points that way, and now that's been taken away from him. And they're never going to get calls because the refs don't respect them. So relying on free throws to win games maybe isn't going to be the best strategy either.
1: I think people will find this surprising coming from me because I've been a little bit critical of of some of the choices, but my big change, the the way my opinion has changed the most is I think this team is better than I thought. Late last year I said I think the Nuggets are going to win 40 games, and then I, like a chicken, I lowered that to 38 to kind of hedge my bet, and 38 still might be the right number, but I actually think this is a, a... absolutely a borderline playoff team that has pretty good potential if they just unlock the right combination so part of my frustration i think this year has stemmed from the fact that when i watch them i think this team is loaded with talent and they have this potential i'd love to see him tap into it so that would probably be probably be how my opinions change the most but i'll start with you on this one mark what's been the biggest surprise this season that could be positive or negative um
2: again I, i you know i not that's. A, I think it's going to be surprising to everyone else, but that Nurk is in shape and ready to go and can all be right. this dominant Bosnian beast uh, that, according to his hashtags, <laughs> uh, especially you know in the, we were all told that like the big man's dying, right? The big man's gone. Except now you look around the league and all the exciting young players these giant yeah. giant monsters and like back to the basket. Like that's exciting for me. I I, I kind of
0: like that style of basketball for you too, Nurk. Uh, Neil. Uh, I I agree with what Mark said with Nurk. I think a couple things that. You know, come to my mind negatively. I mean, just throwing that out there is that the fact that Jamal Murray has still not made a shot is still <laughs> kind of, still kind of beyond me. It's kind of strange. He's um, not
1: good at basketball, right? Yeah, <laughs> I like just uh, yeah. clearly, clearly. No, no I, I don't. I don't think you can say anything
0: about yeah, okay. a rookie.
1: You're saying it's too early. I think it's.
0: Way I think too it's early. still a little. interesting I just that he hasn't been able to make a kind of bucket, it. but um, I think you know, for me specifically. He's had his moments with Moutier. You know, I've seen mm-hmm. Moutier struggle the first two games greatly. Like, he really was bad. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of that last year. But then we also saw, you know, the bright spark- the bright spots of Moutier towards the end. And then he showed that, what, two games ago? And last night he was just kind of bleh. Like, he was great. Like, he was good and bad. So, I mean, this was a guy that came in on media day with this, like, renewed confidence, walked through the door saying, you know, I'm going to be a leader on this team. Like, you know, it seems like he took the next step. And just this team, you know, kind of stall. He, he still not
2: anyway, played
0: 82 exactly. games in the NBA. Yeah,
1: I like that you're going to throw out Murray after four, but you have no. hope for for Moudier after 82.
2: Yeah, <laughs> because I've actually seen like at least yeah. in like practice and scrimmages, you go like, oh yeah, Mudier yeah. with the right development, yeah. if, if the body, you know, if, if he realizes what his game is, right. can absolutely get there. I just don't. See what, I, I haven't seen anything from Murray in college or here.
1: I, I'm with Anil on, on Moody that he's been the biggest surprise to me because I really thought the same thing. A lot of the like intangible things, his confidence and his maturity in preseason, just looked like it was there. And then we're seeing the same mistakes with, with him in the games, and that's not just turnovers but sloppy, careless turnovers yeah. that you think – like, when it was a rookie, you thought, okay, that's just a rookie being a rookie. But when it happens over and over again, and he has six turnovers in a game, it's just a little It's surprising, it's a little disappointing, but I hope he turns it around. Well, I, but I think that's consistent, too, kind of the growing into that role. I mean, I think people forget, like,
2: Steph Curry was a turnover machine right. for the first three, four years. Really? I mean, yeah. for, for a long time. It's hard to play an up-tempo game and not give the ball away. What, you, what you, you know... He's gonna drive in and kick out, but he kicks out to nobody, and that's that's always gonna be an issue. We'll
1: go quickly on this one. What do you what did you think of Wancho's first minutes? I know he got a minute in like the Portland game, or but but this last
0: game is when he really got some minutes. What did you think of the Wancho show? I mean, I liked it from you know the little bit that I saw. I was in and out of the house watching it, but I mean, I saw him a lot during the summer league as well, and I was impressed. But in the first minute, I think. You know, this is a guy that when they picked up, they had high—they have high, uh, high aspirations for him. You know, they they expect this guy to, you know, be the next big European guy that they got. So, you know, he's, what, 21 years old. He played, you know, a few minutes in a game. I think he showed what he can do, but I think there's, you know, the ceiling's super high with this kid, in my opinion. So overall positive, but, you know, there's a lot more to come.
2: Uh, yeah, I think, I think he's got a lot of great skills, like, you know, that, that will develop, and obviously the body will grow and change. My, my mom, one concern with him is him, you know... Nerf, like, where do they all play on the floor together? You know, like, all being around the same age, like it's just that that log jam is already. It's like a what kind of what the Sixers have,
1: uh, right? In a much minor problem. I think that log jam log jam becomes a little bit easier if Kenneth Freed wasn't here, just because those minutes. I think Kenneth Freed is another part of the rotation log jam that gets tough because he's playing power forward around. Jokic almost. I think Jokic has played at center like 40 minutes this year, and 38 of them have yeah. been alongside Kenneth Farid, which is again suboptimal in my opinion. So, but I like Juancho. I like I like what I see from him. I really hope that by February the Nuggets feel they can they can part with Kenneth Farid because they have Juancho and Durrell and Danilo but Gallinari. Else
2: has to want for, this is like oh I the, the missing part of that. You equation. can always
1: get rid of Farid Actually, for a bad deal where you're giving up another asset, and that might be what the Nuggets my have to do.
2: Landing spot for me. Oh
1: man, I'm all for it. We'll take uh, you know, I'll even Can just take some- Ian Clark or something. Anyway, I don't, I'm not yeah. going to be greedy over here. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, last one in this section. What's been your favorite Nuggets moment of the season? Is that a moment that sticks out to you. Moment.
2: Hmm. Boy, that got quiet. <laughs> it's
1: I mean, been that great of a season. I huh? thought it
0: was going to be what could have been a Portland win. And the home opener with Dikembe, but oh, that obviously man, didn't come. back. That, I, I was sitting there with my my two Mile High Sports partners, like post game, written everything's good to go. Uh, like it felt, it felt like Rocky season because like, yeah. when I cover the Rockies, I do that probably 20, 25 times a year. But uh, my favorite moment, I mean, I think I got to say just being able to meet Dikembe Mutombo, honestly, like that's what yeah. it's got to be for me because in the time that I've spent in Pepsi Center around the team, it's been mostly negative. Yeah. You know, it's except Aww. that lone bright. As sad as it's as sad as it is, but. I mean, I guess meeting a Hall of Famer in Dikembe Matumbo on his uh, number retirement night was pretty cool. Uh,
2: I liked when the lights went out. Yeah, <laughs>
0: that was pretty funny. It was just like,
2: come on, I'm all the nights. Uh, like, that's the thing. It's just... Opening night. I Big night. So much <laughs> affection for the Nuggets. And so much affection for so many people without our organization that, like, even when they're trying their best, like, they just can't catch a break. <laughs> like, it just... Like, I looked up, I was at work, and I it was like... Why it's dark? What's going on? (laughs)
1: Seems like, yeah, lights went out. It's like, oh god. Damn it. Did you pay the gas bill? Who <laughs> really forgot to say that? That was a classic Nuggets moment, really. Oh. Opening night, lots of enthusiasm, and then Nuggets are on a roll, by the way. They had all the momentum in the game, and then we no, have a 30-minute no, no. Yeah, break where everyone boy, just kind of sat and sang karaoke, which actually, I guess, made it kind of fun. Made yeah. it fun to be at the game. It's like, it a great moment, right? All the lights, everybody will remember that moment. I wonder how many people tuned out the game in that 30-minute. It had to have been a lot sitting so oh. at home. They're like, I'm not going to sit through a 30-minute Delay because the power is surged. Yeah, uh,
2: they, they, they make it tough, man.
1: <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, we're going go to go into grades on the next one, but first, I want to pay a couple bills here and tell you about Wash Club Denver. Wash Club Denver is a brand new local company that offers on demand pickup and delivery of your laundry or dry cleaning. So, you got dry cleaning or laundry needs, this is the place you want to go. Just go to washclubdenver.com or download the Wash Club app. They've got their very own app. You fill out how much laundry you have. When they can pick it up, they'll come to your house, pick it up, and bring it back right to your front door within 24 hours. Best part is they're big fans of the show, big fans of DenverStiffs.com, and so if you use the promo code STIFS, Stiffs S T I F F S, you get twenty twenty or twenty five percent off. You get to I
2: starch my collar. You,
1: I, you know, I think you could pay for them to actually do that. There's there's like all these different add-ons and different things you can it. pay for. I hate so. to that, that sounds like a great worst. service. The laundry is the absolute worst. You guys hate laundry, right? Yes, yeah, this yeah. Is, yeah, the worst. You go, you you leave for work one day, it's there the next. I mean, it's a, it's a perfect service. So check it out, Wash Club Denver or the Wash Club app. Guys, thanks so much for your help on that that oh. promo. I didn't want yeah.
0: to try to jump out. No, that was great. Was no, that was exactly it. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a good
1: yeah. line read. I should, uh, yeah, I should demand more. Um. <laughs> we all should. <laughs> I want to go on to grades. This is where you guys get to play principal or teacher. Who gives grades? Teachers give grades, yeah. not principals. Right, you get to be teacher. I'll be principal. Um, what grade do you principal give models. to Milo Gallinari so far? Well, I've,
2: I've lost both weeks of my fantasy so far, so <laughs> F-plus, buddy. F-plus. Uh, uh No, I've... I, Gallo's Gallo, man, B minus, right? Okay. Like that's, that's, that's so like, funny, he's, he's like the B minus superstar. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> I gotta agree with that. That's
1: weirdly accurate.
0: <laughs> it like you know what Gallo is. Like as much as you wanna think his ceiling's gonna rise, you know, now that he's like peak prime condition, whatever, like he's always gonna be that, you know, third option on a champion if he's on a championship Canadian team, he's gonna be the third option. He's not your primary option. I give him about a B, but you know, it, it's just the same old, same old. You know, nothing different, nothing new. So I,
1: you know, Mark Kisla Don't want to badmouth anybody. So if you're listening, us love you, kids. But I saw him on Twitter yesterday calling Gallinari an overpaid player that nobody wants, and I, oh. I was so tempted to tweet Aww. out just because everybody that follows me on Twitter follows me for basketball, so I- exclusively basketball yeah. followers, right? Uh, Mine hates So I would have just said, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to quote tweet that with, does anybody want Gallo? Because every team in the NBA yeah. wants Gallo. On this like, contract, loved, yeah. He's a exactly. He said he was overpaid, so I just wanted to say, look, every single team. If the Nuggets picked up the phone and called, every hey, hey twenty nine teams, yeah, they'd be like, oh yes, we'll take him. You just paid uh, Kent More a trillion dollars. <laughs> yes, uh,
2: would exactly.
1: You, would, you, would you like someone with a eight ten years of uh, NBA experience? Yeah, so it was kind of funny. I think I'd give. I'm, I'm with you. I think I'm going to give him a C C+, because I do think he has. Uh, I, I, I do think he can play better. I think he's. I think he is a B superstar, as yeah. you put it. He's probably an A plus second guy, an That's A it. plus plus third guy, but he's is our first guy. So I have to grade him on a curve, That's and it. I would give him a C plus for for doing that so far the Nuggets need a closer he's by far option number one to be the closer and so far he hasn't really closed and we saw that anything. you know
2: last year the, the best moments from last year usually yeah. they were him coming up huge in the end whether yeah. it's a steal against the Warriors or, or, or fighting you know like this moment
1: the Timberwolves cool. yeah. I was at that game that great. yeah that was what, what grade would you give Yusef Nurkic so far B plus for yeah. the Bosnian beast. Ooh, B plus. You're gonna get so much hate mail. I know. If, if I say like a hundred good things about Nurkic and one bad thing, it's like mentions are like oh, on fire. It's a so B plus.
2: Yeah, well, because you can you can see it, right? You see him swat and stuff, and he looks engaged. Whereas last year, this was the guy that at warm ups when he was injured was trying to shoot threes <laughs> from half court. Uh, so to see him actually like on the block, like bruising people and feeling good about it, and like oh, right. Like, yeah. that's very encouraging. And he's super young. That's the other, I think, you know.
1: No. Which, right,
2: that's what we have to say whenever we
1: talk about the Nuggets. Look he just quick. said, He said, this is how you know, you don't want to be in, in Mr. Collins class because he just said all great things about Nurkic and gave him a B plus. <laughs> yeah, career. that is true. Tough grader, well, yeah. man. Those Look, were, there was no critiques yeah. in there. The B+. You got to win
2: to get an A, uh,
0: Ooh, I like it. Like,
2: yeah. that's <laughs> I mean, extra
0: credit. Yeah, I'd float Nurkic around the B+, A- range. I think his real problem <laughs> right now is that he tends to not want the ball all the time, but he kind of overthinks things, you know, he moves a little bit too fast for himself, and that's where he slips up, but, you know, he's been a force down low, like, yeah. he's, he's forced the hand of Michael Malone to, you know, opt to play him over Jokic or play them both at the same time, which is something that, you know, they expected of him when they drafted him, because if you, you guys remember, when they drafted Nurkic, they had no idea who, they hadn't even thought about drafting Nikola Jokic at the time, he was just kind of like, you know, the bag, or the candy at the bottom of the Halloween bag there, but... Uh, you know, a solid.
2: So, he, so is he, Jokic is like smarties, in a way. Yeah, I mean he just, he's like the bonus. Like, wow,
0: this you know kid from Serbia, silver Olympic medal guy, just out of nowhere. You know, wrecking ball. So you know, Nurkic B plus A minus. I think he he's been. I think he should be playing fourth quarter more. That's something that I'm very passionate about. Nurkic, yeah, yeah, that, or one of them, Nurkic was, or Jokic. When I know he
2: disappeared. Anthony, T- I mean, that's yeah, the exactly. New Orleans game. But, by, I, well I think
0: I the only thing that's holding me back right now from giving him an A is because we haven't been able to see him in crunch time, right. and that's something that's big on me because you know. Come the end of the game, I want my best five out there that are going to be the most clutch for me. And I just haven't seen, you know, Nurkic in that position. And that, well, that, that's night, not his fault. Fouls.
1: Last night he was on the court, and I thought was yeah. a really good lineup. Mm-hmm. Part of the problem was I think they started the fourth quarter with Kenneth Fried at, at, at center. I don't and, like and, that at And all. so, like, the, dow- the downward spiral begun. I think it was only a 4-0 run, but it had begun. And then by the time Nurkic got in there, it just continued. Yeah. So um, so he did get a little bit of fourth quarter minutes. I'm going to give him an A- minus because he's done – Way more than I could have realistically expected him to do at this point, um, but I do think there's a few things he can work on. I'd see more blocks. Blocks? He's got like two and a half. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Hey, I'd like to see four. I'd like to see like eight. He's um, I think maybe, I, maybe twelve. I'm teaching honors, all right. Yeah, that's I like, expect a lot out of people. <laughs> let's go. Let's move on to Emmanuel Moudier. That's a little bit of a downer one. What grade uh, would we give Emmanuel Moudier so far?
0: Uh, D. A D. I give him a D. I think because... This is
1: really more of an experiment in your guys' psychology than it is. You know, no, yeah. Third. I think he's a D <laughs> I because... That, like, yeah,
0: right, when The thing is with the D is when he's played well, that's what you expect from him yeah. on a nightly basis. It's not like he's going off and scoring 45 points or something like that. It's, you know, what something that he's expected to do. Like, he's expected to have nice games like that, but... You know, the bad has outweighed the good, in my opinion, right now. He just he looks so rattled out there, especially after, you know, big offseason full with work. You know, he claims that he came in a completely new guy with, you know, renewed confidence under his belt. And just, you know, to see the same problems that he experienced last year, it just, it, it rubs me the wrong way. And I, I think, uh, you know, something that plays into that, too, is he, I think he's feeling pressure oh, yes. from Jamal Murray big time because... You know, let, let, let's be real here. The Nuggets need scoring. Right. That, that, that's been their biggest issue now for years. And, you know, they you drafted... Some, I
2: just tried to... I was editing top 10s last year, you. right? So <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> they got
0: to get someone that can light up the scoreboard and, you know, be an effective player. And right now, Moody's not doing that. So he's a D, in my opinion. And so far, I know it's early, but it's what uh, it is.
2: I'm going to give him an incomplete. Ooh. How's that for a non-answer? I think he needs Gary Harris on the court. Mm-hmm. I think their bond is, is really powerful. I think they encourage each other. I think they really help each other. And not... Looking over not having Gary there, I think has really, really affected him. Uh, their two-man game is something that I absolutely love. Seeing those Harris back cuts, you know, when Moutier finds them, that's 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 a winning, that's a way to win.
1: And Barton, by the way, I think is kind of the opposite. Barton, like, has a short fuse. He's been so frustrated with Moutier, you could tell already in this. So maybe you look over and you see Gary Harris, who has your back through thick and thin, and yeah. you see Will Barton, who's like, get me the ball and get out of my way. Like, you're screwing this up for us all. So maybe there is something to I never thought about that. It's a really good point. Uh,
2: you know, I, and... I always, I will always like. Moutier is in such a, you know, he was expected to be the savior. His family leans on him for a lot of things. It seems yeah. like from what we read. Uh, I just, I can't imagine having to deal with all that and then be twenty. Because at thirty-five, I'm utterly useless uh, um. in, in, in every and all capacity. So. I'm willing to give that dude a lot of rope, and, and you know, hopefully someday he'll find his way forward.
1: I'm willing to give him a lot of rope as well, but I'm still giving him a D because I thought he's yeah. been—I thought he's just yeah. been really, really bad. And, and Malone's not doing him any favors. He's—I think him and Jokic are the two biggest casualties of, of the way that they're working the lineups. But uh, even in the minutes he's played and the situations where it's been favorable, he hasn't performed. And you see how important he is to the team. When he was good. Namely, in the second half against Portland, the Nuggets are good. So when he's smiling, when he's having fun, when the, the game's coming easy to him, it's all working. Uh, I mean, which is like, of course. But no. I hope next week he's getting an A plus. Uh, what grade would you give Michael Malone
0: so far? C. I give him a flat C, C, C minus. I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that we talked about it earlier is just what. He decides to go with in the end of the games because my, my biggest thing is a I hate running Wilson uh, Gallo and Freed on the court at the same time I don't like that small right. my lineup at all and that he consistently seems like to be going back to that try to close out games but again like I said it earlier I don't want to repeat myself too much this guy you know really gave me the confidence that he was gonna you know change some things fix some things up and he just hasn't delivered on that and it's just you know we talk about closing out games and like I hate to bring up the Portland game again but that's his fault.
1: Right. I mean, as much for, as you want to sure. blame
0: Farid for that law pass attempt to Chandler and Farid on defense, whatever, Fareed shouldn't be on the court. Or, I mean, if he is, he should be with Jokic or Nurkic. I mean, it's just, you know, critical thinking decisions that, you know, you expect to, you know, that a good head coach knows what to do in those situations. And, you know, he's got an F in terms of critical thinking, in my opinion. So I think he's done some things right. I think he is changing the culture. It's just, you got, it comes out of the fundamentals at the end of the day.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, you know the, the clearest uh, number to look at is wins exactly at the end of the day that's all that matters that's it uh, c minus yeah. it's it's a bummer because mm-hmm. you know I, again I just the team lacks an identity what do they do well what when when things go wrong what can you rely on right. and I just don't see that uh, anywhere
1: I'm the say actually uh, I'm gonna give Malone the harshest grade here and that's a D minus he's hanging right off of an F he's really got to. he's got to come in for some extra hours extra credit <laughs> no I just I it's well publicized I'm not even gonna spend too much time on it I I don't understand it I'm not by any means jumping off the Malone bandwagon. I still love him still have a lot of hope but the first week confused me and I do think the nuggets are a 40 team at this point that has sadly let two games slip through
0: yeah. the, the, the cracks what about the nuggets overall four games we'll go quickly here we're we'll able to give them C+ plus. I think they've done some things right but you know, at the end of the day, they've done some things wrong, but it's young. Growing pains okay. is going to happen.
2: Yeah, see, which is like such a non answer. Yeah. But because I, they, they haven't really given me enough to, to make any decisions, I, like I said, I, I just don't know what this team is. I don't know what they do. And, and going forward through the rest of the season, you, teams have such clear identities, right? You look at Portland, and I, I know what they do. You, you look all over the league. When. I don't know who the Nuggets are, I don't know who their star player is. I don't know why as a fan I would get behind this team. Um, because they, they haven't told me like you know, part of part of PR is telling people who you are and what you do.
1: It's so interesting hearing an outsider's perspective because, like, we're Nuggets fans. Anila and I were, broad, we're, we're, you know, bred into the Nuggets fandom, and Mark is a newcomer. So it's always interesting and refreshing well, to kind of get this, like,
2: like not to, to tangent too much, but like, I grew up in the Bay Area with the Warriors, and they were horrible most of my life, and I always assumed they were going to be horrible, and eventually you just go like, oh, I just I just root for a horrible team, right. and then all of a sudden they weren't. And so I saw that you could change culture, and I saw that, you know... What
1: changed, Mark? Uh, the ownership.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say that uh, the... Uh, <laughs> uh, I have a little note card I brought with me. The ESPN Ultimate Standings. Uh, the Nuggets, 101 out of 122. Rams, 121 out of 102. Abs, 77 out of 122. And they didn't raid Arsenal, but uh, a few of my English friends are pretty bummed out about that. Mm-hmm. So I would just say that, you know, and then I, I look, I, I just moved I moved here about a year ago from Chicago, I lived there for about eight years, uh, however you feel about the Ricketts family politically, uh, they just delivered a <laughs> World Series championship that has basically my entire Facebook feed crying uh, nonstop yeah. for a week. So you can do it, you can change things, and I often think we, we blame players, we blame coaches, blame owners (laughs) especially really cheap really bad owners blame them sorry guys did I make you laugh no it's
1: it's a great it's interesting it's interesting from an important perspective I think for for, again from an outsider at least to the Denver area
2: if, if they want your money like you know demand something for it
1: right for the Nuggets, I'm going to give them a C. And I think they're the classic bad test takers. Where They like, they were like front of the class, head of the class all year, and then the final exam came in and they just bombed it. So I think the Nuggets are one final exam per game of like being an A-plus honor roll student. Um, but you have to give them a C. They're 2 and 2. Um, we're going to move on to trending upward or trending downward, which I kind of like. Um, but first, I just want to tell you we're at Jake's. We record here almost every week. Uh, 3800 Walnut Street, Great Bar, also the home of our Stiffs Night Out. Let me know on Twitter or on Denver Stiffs when we should have our next one. It's probably going to be sometime late November, or early December. So look at the schedule, look for a game, and let us know. It's um, like
2: like before like that week before Thanksgiving, right? Is that right? when
1: people come to bars and stuff? I don't know if they do or don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I live in the suburbs. I have two kids. I you know I don't go out. But uh no but but you want to check out Jake's. I love it here. I've been coming here now for like two years. I order an off menu thing. I feel like this is my home. It's this awesome. is my, my home away from home, so check it out. Thirty eight hundred Walnut Street in Denver. This is where I get my laundry delivery. <laughs> Mark, I'm just going to have you start doing the promos I think. Let me know yeah. <laughs> I have nothing of a free time right now I'm going to bring on special guest Mark Colum To read the, to the, <laughs> the advertisements for us we'll be, yeah, we'll be Joe House. Trending upward or trending downward I just want to know Are these things going to be going up or down Over the next week uh, Nuggets are the fifth fastest team in terms of pace They are bringing back that mile high Run and gun basketball Or at least it seems so on paper Is this going to be trending upward or trending
0: downward yeah. Let's see. I think, I think downward this week specifically. I think because they're on the road. I think they're going to try to change their style of play a little bit. Um, I think we've seen lately that the big guys are playing a little bit more, which you know, obviously, when you got two seven footers on the court, it's going to slow things down a bit. And injuries—they're uh, not going to be able to run full strength. Gary Harris—we don't know when he's coming back. That hasn't really been specified. Will Barton's out. Those are arguably two of your quickest guys on your roster. Um, and then mixed with that, you're going to to go along with that is you got Moody, Jamal Murray you know Wancho those new guys are going to be playing more and they're not acclimated to the NBA so I think that's going to go down
2: yeah right the uh, Pistons is next up yeah. like yeah Stan Van Gundy right. lives to muck up the works and, and Drummond and Nurk and Yoke all going at each other yeah it's going to slow down a bit
1: the one I, I'm actually going to say it's going to stay exactly even perfect so it's not going to move and the reason is they do play Golden State who's the fastest and they play another one who's really quick who is it um, No, Memphis is slow. Boston's average. Detroit, average. So I guess they play one fast game and a couple of slow ones. I'll say slight trend down then. Uh, the Nuggets do push the pace a lot, but yeah. I think their pace is also kind of a two way thing. Was
2: well, it's like uh, in last night's game, and I think in the second quarter, uh, Murray had that dish back uh, if for, the, for the basket. It was just like, oh my God, if that could happen, and right. like, that's <laughs> that's it. Uh, it's great too. And I know Malone was always saying at the beginning of the season that this defense was going to set up the running game, right? Like That, you know, Nurt was going to, these kind of like long half-court water polo passes were were going to be the thing that was going to drive everything. And we haven't quite seen that yet because the D hasn't
1: been there. I do think having Wilson Chandler and Gallo both healthy speeds things up for the Nuggets. And maybe with Barton and Harris out, it'll slow things down. But when they have Barton and Harris... Uh, Wilson and, and Gallo—that's four guys that are so good in the open court that I think it, I think it can speed up. But those guys might not be back for it's a week.
2: Yeah, difference between playing fast and playing frantic. And yeah. Sometimes with uh, definitely with Raid uh, out there, huh. it's frantic, not fast. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Nuggets surprise. Maybe this is the most surprising part of the season. They are seventh in defensive rating. They were twenty wow. seventh or twenty eighth last year. So. It's short, small sample size, of yeah. course. Only a couple games. Yeah, say so
2: a Warriors game all of a sudden. Well, yeah,
1: that that will hurt <laughs> things. But their seventh. Is that going to be trending upwards or downwards? Cool. I it's
2: think trending down because, like, they they couldn't defend the three last year at all, and they there's no reason they, they nothing was added to the roster that was going to change that, right? other than maybe uh, Wilson Chan,
1: They do have a new defensive scheme that I think limits kick-out threes. And actually, they have been
0: really good about that, about limiting opponent three-point opportunities. But um, No, yeah, I, I think I'd have to go with downward as well. Just, I mean, Golden State obviously is going you know, <laughs> to change that a lot. But, I mean, it sounds like a broken record because any time they win or lose, I mean, it seems like Malone is constantly coming out. We need to guard the three. We can't give right. up easy looks. It, it, it's literally the same thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just like you're saying. Like everything's going to come back, in my opinion, to injuries as well. Because Gary Harris, is one of your better defenders. You know, Will Barton's an energy plug. Kenneth Reed we don't. He's not injured, but <laughs> I still can't let that Portland game <laughs> go. Get like a free um, bell. No, but yeah, I think <laughs> it's gonna, I think it's going to go down because for a team that is going to be in the playoff run at the eight at the end of the year in a tough, you know, in a top-heavy Western Conference and a decent Eastern Conference, I think I, it just doesn't mix well with me. But.
1: Nuggets are limiting opponents to. A third lowest three-point attempt rate. So they're actually defending the three so pretty well so far, but again, four games, everything's small sample big, yeah, size. Oh just yes. when you play. Um, but you look at it coming up, Golden State, Boston, some teams let that know fly. how to score, know yeah. how to let it fly, they could really muck up. So I'm going to say trending downward, but I am encouraged that the Nuggets actually are an improving defensive team. Yeah. They might finish in the top 20, which I think is a That's great like, realistic goal for them. 15 is so much better than 28, Yeah. Right? <laughs> Uh, Nuggets are shooting thirty three. Oh, actually, I need to update this. Huh? The Nuggets were shooting thirty three percent from from the three point line. Let's see where they're at now, because I'm actually not not sure. They are oof, they've dropped. (laughs) They are shooting thirty two percent, which is good for twenty second. Another one of the Nuggets' many many problems. So thirty two percent, twenty second in the league. Is that going to be going up or down?
2: It's, it's, it's gonna go stay the same, probably. I mean, like that's where they belong. Yeah, it's it's who they are. Like they don't have a, a shooter. They
1: don't have somebody that can just score from outside. Well, they don't have a Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, or Kevin Durant shooter, but...
0: They've got Gallo. And Gallo's going to be... Gallo's a poor man's, you know, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson. I mean, that, like we were saying, he, <laughs> I think he's that's... a B. He's not the A. He's the appetizer uh, for the entree, uh, is what Gallo is. So as Kevin much as I Durant. like Gallo's game and stuff, it's just... Listen, they haven't had that prolific score that could, you know, let it fly since Carmelo. Let's be real here. This is the, That was the guy that... You know they had that all-star superstar player, and Gallo is just the poor man's version of that. I don't. They just don't have it. Maybe Jamal Murray is that. I'm gonna
1: play devil's advocate here and say I think it's gonna trend down for this week because Barton and Harris being out really hurts. But after that, when you have, we haven't seen it yet, but if you have a Barton, Harris, Wilson, Gallo healthy, I just think there's so many great three-point shooting lineups you can throw out there. So it might trend down for a week, but I think long term they might finish higher than twenty second. They might be more like eighteen.
2: I maybe. see. I, Harris is the only guy I feel comfortable like shooting threes. <laughs> and but even he's like thirty six. Yeah, good game for him. He's going to two two for five. Yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Kenneth Freed is playing twenty five minutes a game right now. Is that going to be trending upward or downward it, over the next it, week?
0: It should be trending downward because, in my opinion, when you pull the plug on a guy in the starting lineup, he shouldn't be, you know...
1: Playing yeah, more minutes exactly, than the guys exactly.
0: are Exactly. He shouldn't be playing more minutes than the guys that are starting, and he shouldn't be closing out games. That's that, That's the biggest question around this season, or so far, is why, why is this guy, a guy that you've, you know, taken away his role, you've demoted him in a sense, playing so much more than, you know, your younger guys with more upside? So I think, I think it has to go downward. I think it's going to stay about the same because I feel like Malone's the coach that, you know, likes to have that experience on the court. I think Malone got a little bit tired at the end of the last year of dealing with, you know, the rookies and the super young guys. So I think it's going to stay right around the same because, you know, what have they got? they got Memphis. They've got Golden State. They've got Boston. So those are three experienced teams. So experience and experience. I think Malone's going with three down the stretch.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I, they
0: suck. They but. keep
2: highlighting him, right? I hope <laughs> probably just. I mean, is this
1: just highlighting for a tray? Is I that, hope so. Is that I deal? hope that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because, like,
2: yeah, it's just it's. What do you think? Like the average Nuggets fan thinks of? They like Kenneth
1: Free. They like the Manimal. Oh I man, right? the casual fan—it's their favorite player, right?
2: Because I talk to people and they're like, yeah. oh, Manimal. and it's just yeah. like, "Oh my god," having yeah. to walk, rewatch those games every single morning. <laughs> like, oh, the Manimal.
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be trending downwards, but maybe this is just the optimist in me and, and me just thinking like, oh, I'm seeing things so clearly. Why doesn't one and two? I
2: know, I know.
1: So I think it's going to trend downward, but we'll see. Um, especially with Darrell Arthur back in the lineup, that could also change things with the rotation. So where's
2: Da fit into this lineup? I so think much? he fits
1: better than than Kenneth Freed personally. I think does I mean, as well. I would love for the Nuggets' power forward options to be number one Gallo, who he did not want to start there, but that's okay. But he'll still play a lot of minutes there. Number two Darrell Arthur, and number three Wilson Chandler. That's like my favorite. Well, yeah. That's my favorite front court, you know, power forward position rotation. But unfortunately, I don't think that's how it's going to shake out. It's going to be Jokic one, Kenneth Freed yeah. two. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Just D.A. with the, you know, standing, you know, kind of at the elbow, ready to pass out. Like, that's that's a really efficient way to play. When he was on the court, I saw smart decisions being made. He's a smart player. He's a very smart player.
1: I like D.A. According to NBA Wowie, Jokic is playing half of his minutes at center and half at power forward right now. He's also very well publicized. Only played three, or I'm sorry, five now total minutes with a stretch four. So he's... He's played center with a stretch four at power forward, so...
2: But is that, like, the best, like, explanation for this team's problem? I would he's think... He's neither fish nor foul. I would, I... Oh, for Jokic? But, but just all of it. Like, they don't know...
1: Is, is he a center? Is he's a, a center. Fish? There's no question about it. He was, he was one center. of the top-rated centers last year as a rookie. But, all right, so my question is, is he going to be playing more minutes at center going forward or more minutes at power forward?
0: I think it's... As long as Nurkic keeps playing like the way he is... I, there's no reason to believe that he won't, he won't see a cut in minutes. I think he just sticks with the power forward for now, although it sucks because I think he, like we were saying, he is a center. He's built like a center. He plays like a center who's, you know, kind of forced into this role, and he's being exposed at it, which sucks because he's great. Would, but. would you say Nurkic is an elite center?
1: Right now. Me. Just this year. Not for game sample
0: size. No. Oh, I, 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 think think I, he, I don't think I would. he could I would say that. Yeah, he's four.
1: 20, 22. Yeah. I mean, he's averaging, let's see, just I, his I, raw I, per game well, D- yeah, numbers are Straight off the of four and, games, yeah. Off yeah, just four oh, games. Oh, then yes,
0: it has to, those are elite caliber numbers. Jokic is an
1: elite player. He's averaging, actually, despite playing out of position, he's still at 12 and 8. That which shows assists. talent he And he's playing 23 minutes a game. So the Nuggets have two elite centers. How many teams in the NBA have two elite centers? They could...
2: Um, I So I... I just in our small sample size, they seem to, both of them seem to get in foul trouble pretty quickly, and that's been forcing some decisions. Wasn't,
1: so, wasn't the issue for Jokic last year, four fouls per 36 minutes? It has been this year yeah. at Power Forward, but I think it's because he can't guard anybody that's not a He's
2: not fast enough to, to move side to side, yeah. right?
1: And I think another thing that people don't want to talk about
2: is the Olympics and all that. I I bet Jokic is a little tired, mm. you know? And he's coming into, again, a young guy coming in a different situation, played a lot more last year than he probably expected, played a lot this summer, and then we went right into camp. Like,
1: uh, I, I don't think it's that at all. I actually okay. really like what I've seen from Jokic. I thought last night, even in the game in the third quarter, he had five assists. He was making these pinpoint passes, some pinpoint moves, had offensive, offensive rebounds. I actually like what I see yeah. from him. I just... Sadly, we don't get to see him He's, very much in a, in a position for him to succeed. Exactly. And, He's
2: Vladdy Dvatz, right? Like, that's always <laughs> my, my, my comp on him. And you remember those Kings teams, like Vladdy dishing, you know, the ball goes in to Vladdy, back to the basket, and the ball goes back out. Like, that's Jokic doing that, but they don't have that shooter to receive the ball.
1: I think Jokic is going to play more minutes at center. I think this experiment has a shelf life, and eventually somebody's going to put the numbers in front of Malone yeah. and be like, look! You know what really works? Nurkic at center. Jokic at center. Like, this is what's killing it for us. Did so you just split it that in half? I, I think you split it. I do think you split it in half with some overlap because those yeah. guys can play together, especially against second units. So um, like, eight
2: minutes in the kind of second for, for whoever. Who do you have come in then? Who do you have start?
1: I like Jokic started because I think he's a better fit alongside your other starters, in particular Moutier and Danilo Gallinari. So I would have him start... Maybe Nurkic comes in at like the six or seven mark, and they overlap for two minutes, three minutes. And then Nurkic plays the end of the first and the beginning of the second. Yeah. And because I talked about this on the Lockdown podcast, he had nine of his 18 points in a three-minute stretch against backups. That's where he dominates. There's no backup center. There's like three or four backup centers in the league that can maybe handle him in the post. So you put him against Cole Aldrich, he's going to murder him. And every team has a cold order, which is just waiting to get murdered by Newsef Nurkic. So that's where I think he... And and then there's still... He's still going to play 26 to 30 minutes a game, depending on performance. There's really no... It's not like he's, his minutes are going to be cut. They're just going to be staggered.
0: Yeah, and I, going off that, I think you hit what I was With my point I'm trying to make right now, is that people, I think, get a little too caught up in who's starting and who's not starting, because... I think we've seen, like, this revolution kind of take over, you know, basketball that a lot of the interchangeable pieces come to be. So I think, I mean, a perfect example is Farid. I mean, this is a guy that's not starting now, but he's still getting his minutes. same name's going to go for Jokic or Nurkic, whoever starts. The Nuggets have, like you're saying, regardless of who plays the end of the first quarter into the second, that's going to be a backup center in there. So re- whether it's your, uh, Nurkic or Jokic, you're going to expect them to slaughter it down low. So they got to just figure out how to play to their strength instead of playing both of them on the court at the same time and then gassing them and then relying on a guy like Kenneth Reed who you know gets matched up pretty well against backup centers. Yeah.
1: All right, we're going to go on to predictions so we can totally embarrass ourselves by yes. right next week. And why we haven't already. Yeah, the Nuggets have four games coming up at Detroit, at Boston on the second night of a back-to-back, at Memphis, and then at home. They get a nice easy one against the Golden State Warriors. Oh, yeah. what, how many games are the Nuggets going to win out of those four? Uh, one and three, they'll
0: win that Memphis game. They'll win the Memphis one? Yeah. Ooh, I think I like them to win the Memphis game. Oh, I don't know. Mem- and no, Zach I, Randolph and Nertz yeah. to
1: fight. Mm. The, I, Bo- the Boston game is, like, impossible, yeah, right? I, they're Second not going to win the back, to back game, With no. travel in between, no. like... No. That's, no. that's a lot. No. And, and they're not Brad ge- Stevens just, like, dreaming of ways to beat yeah. you. I think they have a better chance against the Warriors than Boston on a second night of a back-to-back with travel, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and they, they don't really have a great chance against the Warriors. Well,
2: but the, for some, you know, even last year, they always play the Warriors tough. They, yeah. they, they beat them, and they played them to, uh, to overtime at home, right? Uh, when Reed got hurt. Uh, for, and I think this year they're even more likely, you know, if they, they beat them up down low, there's is not gonna do anything. Right. Like if but if the warriors start getting hot and K D just starts firing away, like we've seen this this last week, all of a sudden yes. the shots start falling for Steph and K D, things
1: get tough quick.
0: Yeah, oh. yeah, I think they're gonna win the Memphis game. I think it'll go one and three.
1: I think the Detroit game is also very winnable.
0: Um but
1: I think they, I, I would hedge my bet and say they're gonna win one of the Detroit or the Memphis games. Yeah. So and then surprisingly I do think the Golden State Warriors game, it's always foolish to pick the Nuggets to beat the Warriors, but that's the one matchup where I actually like the two big lineups. So it's kind of a weird thing. They they might abandon it right at the Warrior game, and here's my hot take theory. Malone's going to go to the lineup I've been calling for that has only played five minutes, and is like a plus 20 in those five minutes. They're going to go to it for extended minutes for the first time against the Warriors. It gets smacked... And never go back to it again. We'll never speak of it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, look, it's a minus 12. Yes, Kevin Durant had Why 50 points. Why are we points. listening to Morris? <laughs> yeah. So I just, this is just how things work for me. I know it's how i will go. Uh, who's going to be the most important Nuggets player of the next week?
0: most important player? The guy who I look to step up. I think it's going to be Gallo because I think with all the injuries, you got to look... To that spark plug to you know carry the load, and I think that's Gallo. He's your best player. Feed him the ball, let him do his job. Because we saw him early in the preseason; he was silk. He's you know he's had his ups and downs, but at the end of the day, he's getting to the line, he's scoring points, he's doing what he needs to do to win. So I think as long as Gallo's firing on all cylinders, the team has a chance to win.
2: Uh, Gary Harris. Mm, I wanted to go right? there. A good Sorry, but I need to poach it. But yeah, if, if Harris comes back, he starts solving a lot of problems: him, right yeah. perimeter defense, ability to score, release valve on the mm-hmm. wing, like. And then, like I said, I really think Moutier's confidence rises and falls with how Gary's feeling. So,
1: I like it. I'm going to go with Moutier just because we haven't really we've seen breakout moments, and that's when the Nuggets look good. So, heck, if if Moutier gets going, gets rolling, then you know the Nuggets might steal a game against a team they they shouldn't just because he goes six for eight as opposed to two for eight like he's been used to so far this year. So, I'll go Moutier. Uh, What are we going to be talking about next week? Zach Randolph and, y- and Nurkic fighting—an oh, uh, actual fist no, no, no. fight yeah. on
2: the court. Uh, no, this, I think the same thing we're going to talk about. I think this is—you know—this this is going to continue for a while. <sighs> Sorry, guys. Oh. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I agree as well. I, I honestly don't envision much change because a, it's super early, so I don't think Malone is. Well, I feel like Malone, in a way, it kind of gets a little too trigger happy. But I also think he likes to play things out, and I think he's in the play things out stage right now. You can't blame th- him either. Yeah, I think at this time next week, I think the biggest topic is still going to be how do you play Nurkic and Jokic at the same time, or you know, get them the most, get them to their most effective point.
1: All right, all good things. I think uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about attendance never coming back to Pepsi Center oh. because the Nuggets might it's be 3-5, and 3-6 and six with a 50-point loss. Too. It's an atrocity. I that's mean, if good. they lose by 50 to Golden State and they blew the game against Portland, like, that's two pretty bad, ugly games to open your home,
2: Stan. Which is a bummer because, like, I really like seeing games at Pepsi Center. Yeah. Like, it's
1: it's, you know, like... <laughs> It's not. Nice. It's fun to go to go to basketball games. Good lord! I got to give a shout out to DJ Beds, who's kind of like yeah, he's yeah. Kind of hilarious. It's a Great job during the power outage. And then if anybody that's been to Pepsi Center, the guy's just token up up there in the uh, in the uh, in the Raptors. I gotta respect it. Nah, I got to love hate. it. Yeah, I, it's, it's perfect. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is a fun one. When is Jamal Murray going to score his first field goal? Uh, he's oh. zero for eighteen. Yeah.
2: Oof, two games
1: from
0: now. Oh God! So oh, Memphis? Really? Yeah. So not Detroit, not up. Boston, no. Memphis. I, I think it's Detroit. I, I just think this drought has gone on far too long. I think you know eventually it, you it, it have it, no reason to no. think
2: anything could be different. He <laughs> has no, never that's scored true. a point in the NBA. <laughs> it's just
0: a guy who is known to be a scorer has got to score eventually. The he's going to get his who minutes. Thought that
2: was his agent. Yeah.
0: It's true, but <laughs> <laughs> he's going to score this game in the next game. I, I I I would be shocked. Especially with the extended minutes with Gary Harris out. I think you've got to think he's got to get one in.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to come this next game, too. But That's because <laughs> I'm an optimist. Yeah. And no, it's better chance of coming back before Gary Harris and Will Barton are back because then his yeah. minutes get, you know, See chopped. It. So I, I I disagree with my colleague, <laughs> Mr. Mark Cullen, please, here. Please I think, he's, a, I think yeah. he's got some talent. Uh, well, I he's been, had a lot. I'll say this. I'll bet. Eight of his 18 shots have been, like, the worst looks possible. He's caught a couple grenades where Pudier's <laughs> like, oh, two seconds on the clock. Here, you hoist up a yeah. terrible shot. So, um, I think he's going to get one in Detroit. And you know what? I think when he hits one, he might hit two or three. Mm-hmm. I'd, uh, I mean, we'll see. I would love, by the way, I would just love to be
2: wrong. Yeah. I think, like, Jamal has such like, a, he's a great story, like, all these, uh, so many interesting things. I would love for him to be good at basketball, especially like, for you guys. Yeah, be fun. But I...
1: I just have seen no evidence of that at all. This is the last one, guys, and we're getting out of here. When will the Nuggets first outscore an opponent in the fourth quarter? (laughs) Not on on this trip. Not doing a very good job so far. Maybe
2: I think Detroit.
1: Really? Yeah.
2: Yeah, they'll they'll get ahead on uh, fouls, right? Maybe (laughs) maybe start getting
1: Gallo inside, Moody inside. Nurkic versus Drummond. By the way, might be number one versus number two strongest guys in the NBA. I mean, Steve Adams might be in there as well. Like, that could, yeah, again, that, that, there's some fun, like,
2: Horford nerd could be fun to watch. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I can we just grasp
1: at straws. No, no, this is, yeah, I think that's exciting. Yeah. All right, Detroit. Maybe Detroit. We might yeah,
0: be. Yeah, I I don't, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> go along oh, with the ride oh, for that no. one. I. They,
1: Sweet to It's not going to be Boston who owns no. fourth quarter. Yeah.
2: It's
0: I probably think, not going to be Memphis. Yeah. It's just more experienced. They just grind you down, um, right? Like, and then I guess it's got to, Yeah, Detroit. If you have to choose one of the four, it's Detroit. Oh, well I'm actually,
1: maybe the Warriors.
0: I was going right? to say,
2: yeah. if they don't
1: get too far ahead. <laughs>
0: the well, Warriors. Yeah.
1: They might be down thirty going into the fourth. They're only down yeah. twenty-six to finish it. But then they they kept KD out there forever oh last night. Like that, I was, I
2: watched that game after work. I was just like.
1: I was waiting for, like, the Ennis Cantor just go and take his legs out or something. like th- When they brought him out, because that was a very contentious game the whole way through. And then when they brought him out when they were up 28 or whatever, it was, or 30-something, I was like, yeah, they're going to try to murder Kevin Durant here. It's, it, it's making it very hard for me to
2: like a uh, team I used to love. Even I'm like, I get it. I get why you you're guys the, are like this.
1: You're the most honest Warriors fan I've ever yeah, met Because so. every Warriors fan has... Because, look... We always inject morality into sports where it doesn't belong. Yeah. Like, there's no the white hat, black hat. You dude. just force people into those, those narratives. But this team is such an easier... It's so much easier to force them into the black hat narrative just with... With I so mean, many different things, yeah, so... all they
2: did was draft most of the team, develop them, <laughs> and then some other superstar wanted
1: to show up. I wonder what my fault. opinion would be about the Warriors had Joe Lake have never said the light years ahead thing, yeah. because honestly, that's the one thing that to me is like objectively I, I hate the indefensible. Whole Silicon Valley
2: culture <laughs> right. in general, uh, yeah. like innovation doesn't mean shit, so uh when that that's been applied to my team I think it's like disgusting right. address because the thing I loved about the Warriors is that we were like e40 in Oakland yeah uh and we were a little so cl-
1: different now yeah
2: and so it got cr- it's, it's all <laughs> no. the things I hate about the bay area have now infected my team
1: and uh I'll leave you on this. Don't forget that Joe Lacob said he had sex on top of the trophy. Yep. So that's Katie also. Katie has
2: the worst tattoos in the history of
1: tattoos. <laughs> so we can what a funny. All, we can all say we hate him. Thanks, guys, so much for tuning in. Hope you had fun with this one. I certainly had fun. Mark, thanks for joining. Thank you. Anila, awesome as always. I appreciate it. <laughs> Love you right back, man. All right, guys, be sure to subscribe on iTunes. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Pickaxe Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com.